0: You may not be a supervisor or manager today, but the way that you conduct yourself and interact with others is it, what makes you a true leader. Hello, everyone. Welcome
1: to Life and Accounting. We are a podcast production of Where Accountants Go Com. I'm Mark Goldman, the CPA, and your host for this podcast. Well, in this episode, we're going to delve into an area that we haven't touched on at all, actually, as well as a few that we have, although not quite really in the same way. We had Bridget Kegler in Louisiana join us for this episode. Bridget's professional accounting background is primarily in the tax area with a heavy emphasis on SALT, or state and local tax however as with many professionals that have achieved success in their fields she looks to give back to the community and the profession as well so we're going to get into a couple other topics on this show also namely some of the issues that non-traditional students face because she was one plus how to develop your leadership skills because that's a passion of bridget's as well she has a separate entity formed specifically to help leaders grow it's called bringing leadership back. This is a really intriguing conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did recording it. One quick note, we did have a few issues with the connection, and so please bear with us. The first three to four minutes have a few issues where the sound's cutting out a little bit, but it was really hard to cut that part because honestly there's a lot of value in there as well. However, I promise, if you make it through those first three to four minutes or so, it all clears up and you're really going to enjoy this program. So please stick with us. If you do find value in this episode for yourself, please make sure you visit us online as well. You can find us at www.whereaccountantsgo.com. We have all kinds of career focused materials for accounting professionals there at Where Accountants Go. Once again, you can find it at whereaccountantsgo.com. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started. Here's Bridget. Kegler.
2: Well, hello, Bridget. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. No problem. No problem. Well, for the audience, we have Bridget Kegler on the phone with us today. And Bridget is actually only the third guest, I believe, that we've had in Louisiana so far. And and she's got a great story for us. We haven't touched much on state and local tax as a career field, and we've only really talked a little bit about the experience of non-traditional students, and both of these are a part of Bridget's story. Plus, what actually got my attention in the first place is that Bridget's doing some work in the leadership field as well, and so we've got a lot of content to discuss in this interview. It's going to be a really fun discussion. Well, Bridget, I really do want to get into all the things that you've got going on today, and I know that's a lot, but I think we'd be missing, you know, some of the important parts of your story if we didn't start at the beginning. What initially led you to think about accounting as a, you know, possible career choice in the first
0: place? Well, my journey to becoming a CPA really started with some humble beginnings, and I encountered several hardships along the traditional path, as you stated, I was raised by my maternal grandparents, and they took a newborn in when they were in their 50s. My grandparents were my earliest role models, and they instilled values and morals in me just to carry me through life and just to encourage me to pursue my dream. By the time I was 18, both of my grandparents were deceased. And my aspirations of attending college right out of high school, it just didn't happen. And out of necessity, I went to work. And I can tell you, I had so many jobs before I finally knew and pursued to be an accountant. I was a cashier in a national grocery chain, I was a telemarketer. I worked various temp jobs just trying just to make ends meet. And I can tell you, just from being raised by my grandparents, that adjustment wasn't easy because we always talked about going to college right off the house, and that just did not happen. But I think that what carried me, although I took a non traditional path to where I am today to become a CPA, is the teachings from my grandparents, and that really pushed me forward to pursue my dreams. I married at the age of 21, and that marriage was very short-lived. But during that marriage, we did have a son, which is definitely one of my greatest gifts that I think that I can ever have. When Shamar, which is my son, when he was 18 months old, I found myself as a single mother, and it was really hard. I was struggling to make ends meet. I was getting evictions and disconnect notices, and the income that I was just making from those various jobs, it just wasn't sufficient enough to raise a child. And because I had really no college education and a limited skill set, my options were limited. So I knew pursuing an education would be the catalyst to solving most of my problems. But this is what my dilemma was. How could I be a full-time employee? How could I be a full-time student and be a full-time mother? And I can tell you I struggled with that just trying to find what would be the path for me to allow me to do all three really, really well. I spoke with some individuals about it to get their input. Some were very encouraging. Some was like, Bridget, you can do this. But, of course, I had some of those others that said, you know what, it would never work. Well, I wanted the best for my son, so I ignored the negative comments. And with help from a friend, I really start pursuing my options. So here I was at the age of 23. I was a full-time student attending college courses in the evening. So what worked for me is I started worked full-time. I was attending college courses in the evenings. When I wasn't in school, I was studying, and any other free time I had, then I was definitely trying to be just the best mother that I could be. And I can tell you, it was really hard. It took a lot of time management. It was a lot of juggling around, but after three and a half years of walking into a college classroom at night, scared as I don't know what. I obtained my Bachelor's of Accounting degree, and at some point during my studies, I think it was maybe the second or third year in accounting, I can tell you I just had a single focus, and now I look back on it, and I was so simple-minded. My goal was I need an accounting degree because I think that if I have this accounting degree that I will be able to, number one, get a job that was paying more than what I was making, (laughs) but I would be able to sustain a job. So these layoffs and things like that, not that it could never happen to me, but at least I had a greater chance that I may be retained because I did have a college and if I was subject to a layoff, it would not take me that long to find other employment. Well, I think around like the second or third year in my studies, one of my professors came to me and he said, have you thought about pursuing your CPA license? And of hmm. course, my answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. Like, I'm struggling trying to get this accounting degree. Like, no, I have not thought about that at all. Well, he said, I think that you will be very good at it, and I think that you should look into it. So that was really the first seed that someone put in my mind. You need to look further than what you're looking today. So at some point during my busy time, I start doing some research on CPAs. I start looking at the requirements. And after I graduated from undergrad, one or two months later, I was enrolled in school again, obtaining my MBA so I can secure the 150 credits to take the CPA exam. And from there, my education really started paying off right away. Once when I got the bachelor's degree, I was able to get a job making probably 50% more than what I was making which I was so excited about. I was so excited about that. I was able to get a job right away, working for a family-owned business. So life for me as a single mother, and at this point in inspiring CPA, in life was getting really, really good, at least better than what my life was before. And my future potential just seemed unlimited. So, fast forward from there, I started studying for the CPA exam. I can tell you, studying for the CPA exam was difficult with having a new job and with being a single parent. I was still working full time, but time management was key. I was very creative in how I used my extra time. I can remember being in my office and playing a CD that was really the CPA study material over and over and over again, at least trying to retain the knowledge that I could. When I would come home, I would study 20 or 30 hours a week after my son was fed and he was put to sleep. And after a few years or one or two years, I ended up passing that CPA exam and I obtained my CPA license.
2: Wow. I have to ask, because I was doing the math here a little bit, you had your child that 21. You went to school at 23. Grandparents had passed on. Did you have some support
0: from friends or with your son? Most of my support actually came from my friends. I do have two older brothers, so they definitely helped me as much as they could. But my support, I had a great network of friends where we were border services and those services were babysitting services. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so we would barter services, um, where if I wasn't busy I would keep their kids and you know, and definitely, you know, they would keep my son. But I can tell you a lot of the support came from the individuals that saw what I was doing. So we were not necessarily friends. It was individuals that were in my network. So I was so amazed, whereas someone I was working with would give me a piece of advice. I was still in contact with some of my professors. They would check in on me, and they would ask, well, what do you need? I can remember paying for the CPA exam or the CPA study materials, that is, and looking at the cost of the CPA study materials. And even though I got this huge pay increase, you have to remember, for the longest time for me there was more month than money. Mm. So I was always running out of money when I wasn't working in the accounting field. So even when I got this pay raise, I had a lot of catching up to do. So I was still being very careful with my coins and every single penny mattered. So for my study materials, I could not purchase all of my study materials at once. So what I would do is, I would sign up to take a test, and then i go buy the study materials. Because I could, looking at paying thousands of dollars for study materials versus a few hundred dollars, it was more doable for me. In addition, I had to pay the cost for that exam. So I can tell you, some people would give me financial help to say, here is something just to go pay for your next bulk of study materials. The encouragement that I would receive from so many people actually carried me to the next test, it carried me to whatever goal that I was pursuing. So I my support system was absolutely amazing, and it's still amazing today with my endeavors that I'm pursuing now. Okay, okay. I just had to
2: ask because I was thinking, man, you were busy. You're not you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how did you get into the state and local tax area? of school let's explore that because you worked in it i think you told me 10 years or maybe it was just that one company 10 years i'm not sure how did you get into the salt area
0: well i can tell you me landing in salt was completely by accident and i can remember being in undergrad and i can remember studying governmental accounting and taxes And I leaned over to my friend, and I said, I never want to do governmental accounting, and I never want to do tax. Of all of the things I was going to pursue, it was not going to be those two things. Well, I ended up landing that job at the family-owned business, and I loved that job. I received so much experience. I was hired as an accounting manager, and being there to get the experience working with APAR, doing other things, it was absolutely great just from a career standpoint. Well, I was there maybe a year and a half, and I received a text from a friend. And it's interesting that they had text back then, <laughs> but I received a text from a friend. My friend had just started working at this global manufacturing company. And this company was centralizing their state and local tax functions. So before, each plant was responsible for doing their own sales and use tax returns, property tax returns, and pursuing any incentives. So new leadership came in, and leadership said, you know what, this really needs to be a corporate function, and we need to build – this state and local tax department. So they were asking the employees, do you know anyone? Where well, my friend said, well, I may know someone. So my friend sent me this text. And the text said something along the lines, we're centralizing our state and local tax functions. There is a job available for a tax accountant. Would you be interested? My first response was no. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because I never wanted to do governmental accounting, and I never wanted to do tax. So then her response was, well, I already told them about you, and I had your resume from before, so I gave them your resume. Can you please just come to this interview and just, because I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so she had already told them about me. So I'm like, okay, I'll come. But And I remember telling her. They're not going to hire me anyway because I have no experience in tax whatsoever, and the only thing I knew about sales tax was me going pay sales tax at the store. Like, I knew nothing about tax at all. So I go to this interview. The interview was four to five hours long, Ooh. and I met with four to five individual people from their leadership team. So someone would came in, they had – a number of questions that they had to ask me. And I remember everyone asking me, do you have any state and local tax experience? No, I do not. I was brutally honest, (laughs) brutally honest with no experience at all. Well, the last person that came in that I was interviewing with, he had his paper, so I guess he had a series of questions to ask me as well. And I remember him walking in. We done brief introductions. And he said, I have these lists of questions that I'm supposed to ask you, but I'm not going to ask you these questions. This is what I can tell about you by looking at your resume. I can tell that you worked full-time while attending college at night. He said, if you were willing to do that for your life, I know what you're willing to do for this company. I will take a chance on you. I will hire you, and I will teach you everything that you need to know about state and local tax. Two days later, I received a call from a VP of tax, and he said, we know that you do not have any experience in state and local tax, but we are willing to invest in you and train you. And we want to know if you would be interested in working with our company. And from there, they convinced me. I said, yes. I started as a tax accountant. And when I left 11 years later, I was leading U.S. functions in state and local taxation.
2: Wow. What a tremendous opportunity.
0: You know, uh,
2: they turned the challenge that you had earlier in life into an opportunity, a career-building opportunity. Wow, that
0: is beautiful. And not only an opportunity. So this is what I figured out about that experience and also just some other things that I experienced as well is something different may turn out to be something great. And this was different for me. I was so opposed to not doing it. But someone else saw something in me at that time that I did not. And it turned out to be absolutely great. I love the state and local tax profession. I'm actually on a national tax board, which is Institute for Professionals in Taxation, where we train individuals in state and local tax property, tax and incentives. So I did not stop there. So I went from not wanting to do anything in a state and local tax bill to not only pursuing that in my career, but also doing other things outside of that to pay it forward to help other individuals that want to enter the state and local tax field. Mm.
2: What did you enjoy about that the most the state and local tax area because that's a long time that you spend in it.
0: It is the first three years. I can be honest. I did not enjoy it at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the re- <laughs> and this is the reason why it's the first three years I was doing tax returns. So. Anyone that works in state and local tax will know that if you're a monthly filer, tax returns are due on the 20th day of the filing month. So all i done was file tax returns. I would sit at my desk, I would gather data, and I would file tax returns for all of our facilities. And if it wasn't sales and use tax, I was filing property tax or I was pursuing incentives. I think just once when I nailed the process of filing those returns, I started to get very bored. And I remember having a conversation with my VP many years ago, and I said, I cannot sit behind this desk and file tax returns for the rest of my life. It doesn't fit my personality. And he said, Bridget, I know you are totally different than any other accountant or CPA that I have working in this tax department because I wanted to be out. I wanted to talk to people. You know, like I'm truly an extrovert at heart, if you can tell. (laughs) So sticking me behind a desk and just filing tax returns, In the beginning, I know I had to learn that process, and this is the thing that I learned in our careers. There are some things that we're going to have to do to progress, even though we may not care for it. So I knew I had to get through that process of learning how to do tax returns, but once when I master that, I'm thinking, what's next? I worked for a great company that heard me, and they listened to me, and they said, okay, you can not only file tax returns because, of course, they had to find someone else to fill that role, but you can go out and you can start doing sales and use tax training or you can start looking at the data, analyzing the data, and you can see if you can possibly find some process and efficiency improvement. So I went from sitting behind my desk filing sales and use tax returns to now going outside of the tax department, going to the different facilities, training chemists, engineers on state and local taxation, working with other GBUs within the company about the importance of state and local taxation and how we can help with their bottom line. So I turned working in state and local tax into not just a Process or compliance-oriented function, I turned that into a function of influence and a function of relationship building with all of the great individuals I was able to meet.
2: Wow! And you enjoy your job so much more, and the company obviously benefits. My gosh! Yeah, yeah, wow. it was awesome. Was definitely a win. Definitely a win. Well, like I mentioned in the intro, one of the lines, or actually the line that initially caught my attention. I saw this you had on LinkedIn. It says, Helping Aspiring Leaders Grow. And then when I looked into your background further, I saw the Bringing Leadership Back, LLC. So I want to get to that. Take us forward in your career through, you know, the next moves to when you started this focus on leadership because I'm curious how that came about, and I want to know more.
0: Yes. So the focus on leadership, again, totally came by accident. Probably within my fifth the sixth year of working in state and local tax, I was given an opportunity that led me to opening Bringing Leadership Back, LLC. But before I go there, I just want to just briefly touch on the importance of professional associations and not only being a member of a professional association, but getting involved. Hmm. Once when I passed, the CPA exam and I became licensed, I immediately start looking into opportunities to serve on my state CPA society. And for me, that's Society of Louisiana CPAs. And LCPA actually has a SALT committee. So I registered to be involved in a SALT committee, and I was accepted to do that. And when I was accepted to do that, remember, I knew nothing. This is my first year as we in state and local tax. I knew absolutely nothing. And all of the individuals on that committee, they were seasoned professionals. There was a mix of, you know, definitely all of them were CPAs, but some of them were attorneys as well. They had been working in this field for like 10, 15, 20, 30 years They knew so much more than me because I knew nothing. So once when I started talking with them and telling them that I just accepted this job and state and local tax and I didn't know anything, from a mentoring standpoint, they helped me so much. And I remember someone telling me, we're going to teach you what you need to know. So I started as a committee member in year one. And I would think by maybe the sixth or seventh year in my career, I was the chair of a state and local tax committee. So within that time frame, not only was I getting experience from working in my role, from on-the-job training, I was involved in LCPA working on a state and local tax committee, and this not only helped me in my role, but it also helped me to see the big picture and how state and local tax affects so many taxpayers and other functions. So I was chairing a state and local tax committee, and someone from LCPA contacted me. Her name is Ann, and she is still one of my greatest supporters today. She contacted me, and she said, Bridget, we think that it would be great if you would write an article on leadership because your perspective on leadership is very practical, and we think that our members can learn so much more from you. And I said, really? Because remember... (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, like, "Really?" I'm like, "You do know I'm a CPA and I do tax, right?" It's kind of one of those things. And she said, "Yes." So, I was like, "Okay, because one thing about me is that I love a challenge." I was like, "Sure." So what I would do is that when I would come home at night, I would really just read things on tax. I mean, I would try to do research on my own just to help me in my profession and also to help me from a career standpoint. Because this is what I learned is that it's only so much that your employee or your employer can do for you. You have to manage your own career. So I was managing my own career, and I said, okay, I know that I'm getting all of this training, At my workplace, I'm getting training from being involved in professional association, but I'm going to take that one step further, and and I'm also going to make sure that I invest in myself to learn everything that I need to know about state and local tax. So I just looked at it where instead of reading books on Nexus, then I'm just going to write this article. So I wrote this article, and the name of that article was Bringing Leadership Back to Help Aspiring Leaders Grow. And the article was published May 2015. The response that I received from that article from individuals that I did not know that was emailing me, it was overwhelming. And I never thought that I would receive that response. And from there, I was speaking with a friend, and I remember a friend telling me, others need you. They need to be able to see a visible role model. They need your practical advice to leadership, but also they need to see how they can win. So July 2015, bringing leadership back was made legal, which means that I put an LLC behind it. And from there, I opened the business. Individuals were, were started asking me to speak. And even with the speaking, I had been speaking years before, mostly on tax topics. So now i just transitioned my focus to speaking more on leadership. I was still speaking on tax as well, and opportunity just started to come. So bringing leadership back, the mission is is to help Inspire Leaders grow. And my companies help individuals on leadership and team development, career and career strategy. So I am called to do engagements for different companies and organizations. I am a freelance writer on a topic of leadership and other related topics. And also, I do personal coaching for individuals as well. Wow.
2: You do have a lot on your plate. (laughs) A lot of fun. A lot of fun.
0: Yes, all fun things.
2: What's your long-range goal? I don't even know if that's a fair question, honestly. I mean, I know this is still relatively new, but I mean, what's your long-term vision for bringing leadership back? Have
0: you been able to think about that? (laughs) I have. And as the opportunities come, of course, that may change. But this is what I do know. Career Builder done a study maybe a year or so ago, and they asked managers a number of questions. And one of the stats that came out of that research study is 58% of managers did not receive any management training when they were given the opportunity to become a supervisor or manager. They were promoted based upon what they were good at, which means their role, not necessarily that they were good at making people better. So my focus with bringing leadership back is aspiring leaders, and I hope that companies and organizations, when they notice an aspiring leader or someone they deem as untapped talent, that they will call bring leadership back to not only introduce the subject of leadership, but also to start talking about the things that make a great leader and the qualities that make a great leader. So it's not only based upon your technical skill set and education. Both of those things are important, but you need much more. You need the interpersonal skills. You need to know how to influence individuals even when you do not have a title. You need to know how to build relationships with other individuals because, that's what makes you a great manager is that not only do you have this technical skill set, but you're also able to rely on your personal connections and network, even if you have a question or even if you need some individuals, those they can help you because we cannot get anywhere on our own. Everyone needs someone with them to help them to get to what that next step is. So I believe that we need our own personal board of directors and I think that all managers and anyone in a supervisory role should have that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Actually, I'm a big believer in coaching as well. I've used business coaches for years and Honestly, I wish I would have started it, you know, even earlier in my career.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 There are a lot of things I probably wish I should have done, too, (laughs) but it worked out. But, you know, you always think, well, what would have happened if I would have started earlier, right? I think, well, what would have happened if I would have attended college or if I would have attended college right after high school? There's definitely some pluses and some minuses with that, but I think, that my non traditional path was best for me because if I would have attended college right after high school, I would not have been as focused as I was when I started college at 23. I don't know if I would have had those individuals to speak life into me at that time or they could see something in me so much more. One thing with having a non traditional path and also having some struggles along the way, it makes you stronger. So when obstacles come our way, and they will, I think that we are better equipped to deal with them. Mm, definitely,
2: definitely. Yeah, it was a whole lot more serious for you at 23. <laughs> you yes, no,
0: definitely so. <laughs>
2: well, before we move on to the final questions, because I do end every podcast with the same three questions, it gives us a lot of consistency. Given that a large part of our audience is relatively earlier in their career. They're either, you know, some really just deciding on accounting as a major in college, but then many in the, you know, first one, two, three years of their careers. Is there anything else you think that that particular demographic should know or, or needs to know about leadership development isn't obvious to them at that point?
0: Sure. Um, my first piece of advice is you may not be a supervisor or manager today, But the way that you conduct yourself and interact with others is what makes you a true leader. A true leader will lead without a title. So what your title is today, it doesn't matter. You lead anyway. My second piece of advice is you may be the first example of leadership to someone. That can be your peers that you are working with. That can be your family That can be even if you are a single parent and you're doing this alone. You may be the first example of leadership. Let it be a lasting impression of professionalism and dedication because those individuals are watching you and you may be their visible role model and make sure that that role model of what they see is a good one. And my last piece of advice is be excited about your future, what it looks like today it doesn't mean that's what it's going to be one year, five years, or ten years from now. Be excited about your future, especially when you're prepared for it.
2: Wow. I'm going to be very self-conscious about everything I do today now because you never know.
0: <laughs> the, the individual you're, that, you're,
2: <laughs> that you're working well, and with. And I can
0: you tell can... you, you're correct. You made an excellent statement. You never know. You never know who you're going to meet when you walk in a room. You never know who is watching your social media and when you post something out there. You never know when your name is going to come up in a conversation that you're not there of the next opportunity. So many opportunities have come to me because someone else has mentioned my name in another setting, and they'll say I think I need to meet this person that you're talking about. May I have her contact information? You never know. You are your most powerful marketing tool. Just make sure that you market yourself well.
2: Mm, wonderful. Well, I do end every show with the same three questions, and I want to be respectful of your time, so we probably should get to those. I'm really enjoying this conversation, though. It's, it's hard. <laughs> to I know, me too. <laughs> to <cut the> <laughs> The first question is usually the easiest for guests. From a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment?
0: My proudest moment is passing a CPA exam. I have so much love and loyalty to that profession because if I had not taken the route to major in accounting and passing a CPA exam, I do not think I would be where I am today, and I do not think that there would be a bringing leadership back. That profession has done so much more to me. It has given me stability from a career standpoint, but it has offered me so much more.
2: I can definitely relate. Becoming a CPA has made a tremendous difference in my own career. Thank, thank you for sharing that. Well, second question, tell us about a lesson that you learned the hard way. And the more you can tell us about the details of the situation, the better, because honestly, that's how we learn.
0: So one of the lessons that I think that I learned the hard way is because of the struggles and my challenges that I had, at some point, you do not feel as confident. And I think that time between my grandparents dying and me not pursuing my dreams at that time, it was a struggle not because it definitely was a struggle financially, but I was also struggling with some other things as well. I was struggling with, you know, my confidence. You know, I was struggling with, you know, other people are so much more ahead than I am because I did not do the thing that I should have done. But this is what I learned from that is that the non-traditional way works as well. You just may just have to work a little harder. So the non-traditional way worked for me, but I did have to work a lot more, but it also had some great benefits as well. So if you're the one like me that you've started with a non-traditional path, it's okay. Just be ready just to put the work in, and I can tell you when you put the work in, you're going to see the results from that.
2: Thank you for sharing that, because when we're going through times like that in life, it's very easy to think that we're alone, you know, we're the only person that this has ever happened to, you know, no one understands, and, and really there are other individuals that have made it through, sometimes the exact same thing <laughs> you know, that we're going exactly. through. Exactly. Thank you. That's very generous to be so open about that. Well, last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it down. What has been the best piece of advice that you have
0: ever received? I can remember years ago, one of the CPAs, who's a very definitely a good friend today, we were talking, and I think that I was maybe telling him something about what I was going through from a career standpoint, and he made this statement, <laughs> and it still resonates with me today. He said, "The harder you work, the luckier you get." So. <laughs> me- <laughs> 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 so- If you put the work in, the results are going to come. And I still remember that. And even today when I say I have so much going on, I remember the harder I work, the luckier I'm going to get. This is going to pay off. And this is what I've learned, which I think that can sum up everything for me being reared by my grandparents at a young age to not going to college right away to starting this non traditional path, to definitely loving being a leader in a CPA profession, and to now being the owner of Bringing Leadership Back, LLC. What I've learned is every goal that I chased was necessary because it was taking me to my dream. So being a CPA and working in this leadership space, I am definitely – where I want to be but I know that there's more things to come for me as well to help others
2: wonderful I usually try to be quiet make sure the guest has a you know an opportunity to get that best piece of advice out at the end of the podcast but that was just so beautiful and so true I'm sorry I couldn't hold back (laughs) the harder I work the luckier I get oh my god yeah Yeah, true yes it is yes it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, this really has been a wonderful conversation. If someone wants to find out more about bringing leadership back, or you, or maybe they want to contact you about coaching, or writing, or, or something like that, what's the best way to find out more?
0: I am on social media, so you can find me at LinkedIn. It's Bridget Kagler. The last name is spelled K A I. L-E-R. I am posting messages of inspiration, leadership, and career strategy every day. So definitely follow me. Just get just something just to carry you along your day or your week. Also, I'm on my Facebook. The Facebook name is Bringing Leadership Back, and you can find me on Instagram as well. If you want to contact me directly, you may contact me at area code 225-892. 7582. I look forward to speaking with you. And most importantly, I look forward to being a part of your career journey and to help you win because when you win, all of us win.
2: Beautiful. Well, thank you again for your time. This really has been a tremendous episode. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, that was our interview with Bridget Kegler. And I know everyone gets a little something different out of each interview. But for me personally, a couple of the takeaways were, number one, just how passionate Bridget is about developing leaders. She absolutely exudes positivity when you're talking about that. And then secondly, I found it interesting, although not surprising, how her involvement with the Louisiana CPA Society has not only helped her in making some good connections, but in really furthering her career by giving her good you know, resources to go get more and more knowledge about her specialty. It's really helped her grow her career, and I think there's probably a lesson in there for all of us. Involvement is a good thing. I'm really glad that Bridget made time for this interview. I truly enjoyed recording it. If you found some truth in this for yourself, please check out all our other episodes as well. You can find them at www.whereaccountsgo.com Dot com we've been recording interviews for well over three years now we have over 150 episodes and i'm sure you'll find some others that speak to you personally as well once again you can find it at whereaccountantsgo.com well thank you again for joining us i'm mark goldman your host for life in accounting the where accountants go podcast and we will see everyone next week there's more to come